and just I know I I typed it in the title, but just in case you guys don't know, we're gonna do Matthews four, one through eleven today. Um, but before we start, I will need to say a prayer. So um, I am just gonna start with the prayer. So Heavenly Father, I come to you as humbly as I know how, God, asking that you bless this Bible study today, God. God, I ask that your word is what seeps deep into our hearts, God, that it helps us, God, as we grow as women of God and help us, Holy Ghost, that we are able to plant seeds, that we are able to grow a harvest for you, God, to your kingdom, God. Help us, God, that as we learn more and more of you, God, that we not just learn for ourselves, but God, that we learn for ourselves, but also to help others. I ask God that you bless each and every woman on this podcast that's live today or that's hearing it, God, later on within the week. God, I ask that you cover them, God, protect them, God, give them wisdom in the most hardest times that they have, God. Give them, give us all wisdom, God, that we may be able to walk in the path that you have designed so perfectly for us to walk. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So guys, I'm a little nervous, but I have to do this because this has been something that has really been on my heart to do for a minute. Um, so we are going to talk about Matthews 4, 1 through 11. And I think I really like the fact that I was able to study it and get like a whole new perspective of this scripture because of the fact that I've read the scripture so many times, these scriptures, and I never really thought about it this way. And y'all might've thought about it this way already. And I... I don't know. It was just something that showed me some a different perspective of it for me. And I wanted to share it with you guys. And then once I share, once we go over the Bible study, I definitely would like to know what you guys interpret it for yourself. So um, one thing about Matthew, uh, Matthew was actually just a little background. Um, Matthew was actually, um, before he became a disciple, he was actually a tax preparer. And he was like a tax collector. So he would go around whenever the king or whoever um, the Romans wanted to collect taxes, he was the person that would come around and collect the taxes. So for many Jews, he was very much hated, disliked. Um, And one thing I liked about this story about Matthew was that God, when Jesus had met Matthew, he told him to follow him. And people really was not happy about it because they were like, you know, he's, he's not good. You know, he's a tax collector. He's somebody that's stealing from us or taking from us and we're your people. But it wasn't what they saw is what Jesus saw in him. And so this book of uh, Matthew is pretty much his perspective of his journey with Jesus and how he grew and what he learned um, from, from Jesus. So uh, when we go here in Matthew 4, this is after um, Jesus was baptized um, by John. And so after his baptism, um, the Lord pretty much is led to the wilderness. So I am going to read the scriptures. Um, it's 11 verses, but I am going to read them. So bear with me because I'm a little nervous. So I might kind of stutter on some of the words. So uh, Matthews 1 says, then was Jesus led up to the, oh, I'm sorry. 
Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness of the tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, he said, if you be the son of God, command thee these stones to be made bread. And it's important to know, of course, that the tempter is ironic that they named him the tempter, but he is the tempter and it's the devil. But God answered and said, it was written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And it's interesting that I didn't know this, but this phrase was something that actually took place in Deuteronomy when the Israelites, um, Deuteronomy is eight and three, if you guys want to go, but it's a good story. If you want to eat to read it, um, it's about them going into the promised land. And so we go to, uh, to verse five, where it says, and the devil taketh him up into the holy, to holy city and set of him upon a pillar of the temple. And he said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thy down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, least at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, if it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. So one thing I know, that Jesus came to fulfill the law, and to give us a picture of how we are supposed to be. And when I see this, Jesus is supposed to be an example. And so for me, what I got was that the devil, the devil will try to make you question the purpose that he has for you. Make you question what you already know God had placed you on this earth to be. And God knew, Jesus knew what he was set out to be. And, G and the way God has planned it is he ordained you to be who you are. And so with him ordaining that in you, the, the devil don't know that, but he knows the potential of what you could be. The devil was, he already has a glimpse of what heaven is all about, but you don't. He knows that you don't. So if there's something that God has put into you and he knows God had to put something into you, why not try to fight it for you not to be able to get there? Right. Why not? Why not make it harder for you to be who you're supposed to be? Right. So he will try to blind you to think that he can give you the things that God has already set place for you to have. It's just that you can't have them right now. But if you stay steadfast in him, God will be able to give you all the things that you want. So he can the devil can make you think he's giving it to you or make you think that you can get it a certain way. But when you say steadfast in God, you see those doors opening, those opportunities coming. You see that God is bringing you forth something that will not bring. See, what God gives you addeth no sorrow. So when God gives me something, then I know that there's no strength attached. There's nothing that's going to bother me once I get it. It's something that God ordained for me to have, and I'm going to enjoy it. So what I also learned is that the devil 
when he knows you're at your weakest point here, the Lord has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And back then, the way they fasted was different way we fast. You know, we might fast by not eating a meal. We may fast by cutting out sugars or we may fast from taking away something that we're, you know, physically wanting or needing. And the fast that they did back in the day is no water, no food. Like they fasted. This was their way of praying and meditating on God. So this was their praying and meditation. So for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus did not eat, did not drink, but pray and steadfast in God. So you're telling me that at this weakest moment, the devil wants to come and tempt you. So what that tells me is that at my weakest moment, at my weakest part of me, that's when the devil's going to try to come. Um, I don't want to go into deep situations, but just an example of what I mean is um, we witnessed the Oscars. We witnessed Will Smith, right? I feel like this is the weakest part of where Will Smith is right now in his career, not because of the just the slap in itself, but because of the things that he's going through with the media knowing what's going on in his marriage. And, and in that weakest moment, the devil came in and he took an opportunity. Yes, there's an opportunity that we shouldn't always take. We shouldn't take the opportunities, but we're human. That's what we do. But what what makes us what makes God so perfect for me is that even in my worst, even in my weakest, God is going to always be able, if I come to him, he'll turn it around. So I feel like the devil will always come at your weakest. You may not know it's your weakest, your weakest, but if you're knowing you're not being steadfast in the word, you know, you're not praying, you know, you're not fasting, you knowing you're not really seeking after him. You're opening that door for the devil to come in because you're not grounded. You're not secure. You're not getting the things that you need. And, and it's so easy to do it because I've done it myself where you are, you're just living your life is what we think. We're living our life. We got to go to work. We got to cook dinner. We got to take care of our husbands and our and our children. And you just don't ever feel like you have the time. But, you know, sometimes you can put your earphones in at work if you if you can work and like, you know, to yourself, excuse me. And you can listen to a podcast. You can listen to the word. You can come home right before bed and read a scripture and just ask God, God, what is this scripture saying to me in my life? What can I do with this scripture? Or, you know, just pray and ask God for guidance in how you can grow stronger in your faith because it's really a daily walk. Um, It's just like you taking a medication that you need for a heart if you're having a heart disease. Like it's really something you need to do every single day. Um, I would say that also the devil will try his best to see how much you know about your own calling. He's going to question you. I remember um, Pastor Sheila, she um, is a dynamic pastor. and I remember her wanting to step out on faith and buy a church, not finance it. She wanted to go ahead and purchase it. But the devil had people, and and sometimes people don't know that the devil's using them. They make a statement, and then after they make the statement, they regret making the statement. And I'm pretty sure that was what happened. But there was a lot of naysayers because they didn't think that she could do it. Because one, she's a woman. And one, how are you going to have a debt-free church? But she did. 
and she's growing in that. Um, also, like Pastor Furtick, he have a church with multiple types of, of cultures, and he has. So there's no limits to what you can do. It's the people that are trying to, to do it, and the people are being used by the devil to stop you um, in the vision that you have. Because one thing I have learned is that the visions that we have, I truly wholeheartedly feel like they come from God. The ones that, you know, you deep in your heart, you're like, I could literally do that. And you somehow wake up with the whole determination to do it. And then the next thing you know, you get scared. Like I've been scared all week, like literally all week I've been scared. But I know this is something that I needed to do because it's something that I yearned, you know? So, so, um, my thing is God has put something in you to do and the devil will try to see how much, you know, of what God has already planned. And if you don't know, he's just going to keep trying to stop you from doing what you're supposed to do. And that, and in that scripture is what I got. I got the fact that the Jesus had to be tested first. And I learned in those key scriptures, the little things that I felt like the Lord wanted me to know is that we have a destiny and that in that destiny, there's going to be temptations and there's going to be people that are going to try to stop you. And even when they try to stop you, you have to remember that they have a soul and that it's not them, but it's the devil. And I've come to situations where even at my job, I felt like there was a person that didn't like me. And I felt like, I was like, God, you know, I really like this person. I don't think that they realize I like them, but I have no issues with them. But I really do feel like they don't like me. And I just started praying about it. I started praying about the situation because I said, God, it's, it's out of my hands. It's all in yours. So can you work it out? Can you work the situation out? Because I don't, I don't feel like I've done anything to, to mess it up. And if I did, I apologize. But if it's just something that is just a, a bad spirit, then I need you to fix it or keep me away from that person. And I, and God did, he, he corrected the situation. And it's not to say that, you know, it's just not, it's not to say that I don't know the right words to say, but it's not to say that the devil won't continue to, to try to make division. But when he does, it's not for us to fix. That's a battle that only God can do himself. Um, it's a battle that you can't, you personally cannot fix. So I feel like we just have to grow in understanding, you know, of what God wants us to do and not to let the temptations of the devil um, try to interfere 